Welcome back to DevCast. Today we will talk about the web jobs, the exciting thing that you can do batch processing and many other nice and exciting stuff in your web application or in other kinds of application to help me get started with web jobs to get to know it really, really well. I have one of the guys that have worked with it, that have programmed it, that has maybe even uh, invented it, Brady Gaster. Welcome here, Brady. Thanks a lot for having me. How's it going? <laughs> yeah, it's going fine. And of course, I have my now official co-host, Magnus Mortensen, also on the line. Welcome back, Magnus. Thank you, thank you. I'm happy to be back. And everyone that has heard Magnus know he's really in love with web jobs. So I think today will be a good talk between Brady and Magnus about their love about web jobs. But, but first, <laughs> as, as, as a beginner of web jobs, what, what, could you, Brady, just start? What, what is web jobs? Why have, have we invented it? Why, why is it in Azure? Oh, I can totally answer that. Question. Uh, maybe Brady <clears throat> should first introduce yourself. Sorry. Sure, totally, totally. Uh, yeah, my name is Brady Gaster. I work uh, in Redmond uh, at Microsoft, obviously. Um, and uh, my main areas of expertise, or the things that I do 40 plus hours a week, are around the Azure SDK, uh, specifically the management libraries. Uh, there are a set of NuGet packages, or Maven packages, or Node.js packages that you can download. Uh, that give you the ability to automate stuff in Azure. So you could write code that would you know, create websites, you could write code that would create cloud services, VMs, whatever the case may be. Uh, and we actually roll those management libraries up into two different command line experiences. One of those is PowerShell, and one of those is the XPlat CLI tools that run on pretty much anything that runs Node. Um, and then you the don't area- don't know anything about web jobs then. I'm getting to that. Getting okay. To that. Okay. So, so, so that's worried now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's about half of my time is spent uh, in the SDK team. About the other half of my time is spent over in the Web Tools team, which is where you guys probably are interested for the purposes of this show. And uh, I work on the Web Tools extensions product, which is you know what web developers need to install to be able to do web stuff. Um, and we also roll that up with the Azure SDK. So my role in the web jobs world. Is not that I invented it as much as I would like to claim that. Um, that's a guy named Mike Stahl uh, here at Microsoft. Is fantastic architect. He's the one that kind of came up with it. And Magnus has been on the uh, the advisor board for what what we used to know as Simple Batch for pretty much the entire longevity of the project until it became Web Jobs. Um, my role with Web Jobs is that I actually work on, like I said, I work on the Visual Studio web team. So we wrote the tooling uh, that came out in Update 3, and then another round of tooling that's coming out in Update 4 that Magnus has already shown off at uh, Cloudburst, I believe. Okay. Um, and uh, I hear it went well. Um, I, I still not will let, I still not will let you uh, blog about it until I blog about it. That's uh, that's off the table. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure that you have wonderful demos that you can do and, and all that goodness. My, so. my demo is better than yours, man. Uh, no, you my demo yet. So <laughs> you do. I actually need to watch your talk. I haven't had time to sit down and watch the whole thing. Um, right. We'll talk about that. Later. Yeah, I'd love for you to send me a link to that. Um, I'd cool. really like to, to walk through it. Cool, man. Okay, Brady. Way, what, 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 why, why did we invent the web jobs? What, what is it for? Web jobs are fantastic. Um, a, a lot of times... Uh, 
when you have a web application, there is stuff that takes more time than you would want to, you know, wait for in the, uh, you know, HTTP response cycle. Uh, you might have a batch job that processes data. You might have a image processing uh, thing that needs to run whenever somebody uploads an image, et cetera, et cetera. You might want to drop a watermark on it, those kinds of things. Um, so that's what web jobs come in. They're basically executables or scripts that run either continuously or on triggered events or on schedule, uh, or whenever you want them to run, you just go to the portal or in the tooling, you can actually hit run now and it will run the, you know, run the web job. So the idea of a web job is basically background processing to complement your web application stuff. So you, your ASP.NET app would, would, would take uploads from a user, drop them into a blob, and then a web job would basically wake up, uh, open that blob up, uh, open the image up, shrink it, put a watermark in it, drop it into another blob and you know you go from there so you know, it's, that's basically what it is this background processing uh that runs inside of the uh the windows azure, windows azure pardon me i have to take a shot now the uh azure websites stamps uh actually power all that so you can't run web jobs inside of worker roles you can't run web jobs inside of web roles but you can run them inside of the uh, azure websites uh stamps so awesome yep so and then a web job then has uh, a bunch of support for um, for other platforms. I know there's of course the SDK, but but I'm also curious to to uh, see because I haven't done that much myself. You can run scripts basically. Yeah, yeah, you can. Um, like you, Magnus, I'm probably uh, you know all the web jobs that I would end up doing would probably be for all intents and purposes they'd probably be console applications. I would very rarely put a PS1 or a JS file or a command file or something like that to run as my web job, but you can do that. You could actually uh, you know forget about the tooling for a second. You could use the portal and you could upload a batch file that runs you know however often you want to run or on demand that batch file would actually get executed on the server side as a web job uh, you could also upload a js file and run like a node-based job uh, or uh, a PS1 file, you could do that as well. So you could just run the generic scripts. Um, the way I look at it, though, is uh, when I've talked to Amit Apple and, and Dave Ebo from the websites team, um, they actually had a, a really interesting uh, cultural moment for me. They, they kind of said, if you're running a scheduled job or you're running an on-demand job, we don't necessarily perceive those as web jobs. What that mm. team perceives as a web job is something that utilizes the web job SDK. Um, right. <clears throat> now, the web jobs SDK, I'll go ahead and answer that question. Um, <laughs> it gives you, you know, C-sharp uh, you know, .NET programmability against the whole the, the the web jobs thing. So, like a pretty popular aspect of the uh, and the, the the use of that word aspect is actually kind of comical, considering that it's an attribute. Uh, you can actually decorate method parameters with attributes like Q or Q trigger, um, and to take those in reverse, uh, if you had an attribute decorated with a Q trigger, um, or excuse me, a method parameter decorated with a Q trigger attribute, what that basically means is whenever uh, the the web job wakes up. Up, it's basically going to start watching that queue. And <clears throat> whenever a message lands in that queue, that queue trigger attribute basically just says, hey, I know that if a message lands in this queue, I'm going to pick it up and treat it as whatever the parameter type that it's decorated as happens to be. So if you have, mm -hmm. oh, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. I really want to, to be more, if you can go a step back and discuss sure. more the the basic web jobs, and then we have the web jobs SDK. Oh, so, yeah, the, so, so the basic web jobs, there we can run PHP, we can run 
Node.js has JavaScript, we can run uh, PowerShell and so on. And what can we do just with the bare web jobs? Uh, what you could do with a bare web job, let me uh, let me think of a for instance for you. Uh, I'll take I'll take the PS1 uh, route for now. Let's say I have uh, my web job, excuse me, my website logs data to a file. Now this is not my IIS logs or something like that. This might just be, you know, Brady's trace log. Um, I might have that stuff, uh, you know, getting queued up on the server side and maybe once a day, I want a PS1 script to wake up and just delete that file. So I would write a PS1 script that would literally, you know, CD into a folder, look for a file, delete that file, and then the PS1 stops, you know, stops execution. Now, from a very simple perspective, that would be, you know, a pretty basic web job. Another basic web job that you could write up as a console application is one that my good buddies Mads Christensen and Syed Hashimi wrote up. Um, I think they call it the Magnus, you know what this is called. It's like the web optimizer, and they've actually oh, dropped yeah. it in. Yeah, they've actually dropped it into the Kudu portal. So <clears throat> that one, what it does is it iterates over all of your files in your website, and it looks for JS files or CSS files or HTML files, and it minifies them. So it just opens the file up, it minifies it, and then it just saves it back to disk. And then if you happen to have image files, it'll open those image files up, optimize them, and then save them back to disk. And the way Mads wrote that particular code set, um, it's really just an executable that has a file system watcher on your site root. And whenever the contents of that file, uh, that, that, that root change, it wakes up and it just processes those files. Now, he's not using the WebJobs SDK for that. That's like totally just a straight up, you know, console executable that, that runs, uh, you know, a, my canonical example of a uh, basic, you know, uh, console executable that would just run as a web job is, let's say I have a site uh, where there's a text box on the page that's, that's labeled, you know, enter your email address to sign up for our newsletter. Um, <clears throat> basically all that, you know, every time somebody submits it, we would just save their email address in a database and we might have like a process that we run in house, uh, you know, using a run at or a win at command, um, that wakes up every midnight and it iterates through all of those, um, all those email addresses and just sends everybody a, a, a quick email. Um, you could basically package that executable up as a web job, put it put it out there as a web job, and schedule it so that every night, rather than schedule it in your local environment, you know, using up a whole server to just run a process, uh, you could put that out as a web job, use the scheduling service to set it up on a schedule, and every midnight that would run and just send all your emails for you. So that, that one example is a good example of an executable that you could run either in-house as an executable on your own, have a server to run it for you, <clears throat> pardon me, or have it run out as a web job. It's just, it's just the XE. You don't need to have any other stuff out there. Um, that executable just wakes up on a schedule. It's almost like a cron job, if you will. So. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool. I like the fact that uh, the uh, web jobs are using for scheduling are using the uh, the Azure scheduler uh, to I, to in integrate with that. I actually like that a lot too. It, yeah. It uh, what, what, what is the Azure scheduler anyway? What, what's that thing? Sure. Is it another thing? It is another thing. It's another uh, what I like to call an asset type. Um, I don't, Magnus. What's your word for that? An, uh, another thing in Azure. Another feature. <laughs> uh, uh, another service. Ser another service. I think. Another service. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Scheduler would be just another Azure service. Um, <clears throat> the idea behind it is you create a. 
Uh, so you've got scheduler. It's over in the left-hand side in your portal nav bar. You click that, and then you've got this concept of a job collection. So you've got a scheduler job collection that lives in a particular region. Uh, inside of a job collection, you're going to have multiple jobs. Uh, a scheduler job could be something like an HTTP job, an HTTPS job, or a queue job. So when the job wakes up, it does one of three things. It makes an HTTP call, it makes an HTTPS call, or it drops a message into a queue, and then you have some of the thing that runs that, you know, parties. Um, so the that, Azure Scheduler is to start the web jobs. Exactly. Well, the Azure Scheduler is to start anything, is to schedule any process that you need to run. Uh, but what, what we did, which was, I was really proud of the teams for getting together and doing this, was <clears throat> rather than create another scheduler in Azure, which I think at one point we had four. Um, <clears throat> we had one in websites, one in mobile services, the Azure scheduler, and then the, and then the web jobs came up and they were like, well, let's write another scheduler. And then they went, no, let's not. Let's just use the scheduler. So I felt like that was one of those times when <clears throat> a new service came online and rather than reinvent the wheel, just made use of an existing service. Now yeah. on the programming side, that created some very interesting challenges um, because there's no, since the scheduler is a completely independent service and websites is a completely independent service, there are, um, there's no direct correlation between a web job and a scheduler such that scheduler and web job both know that they're being used together. Which, exactly. if you think about it, is kind of the way you'd want it to be. You want scheduler to be independent. Well, when yeah. those things are independent and you need to basically create a web job on a schedule using code, mm. now you've got an interesting situation because you yes. have to create uh, this thing that I'm going to say cloud service, but it's not a cloud service. It's this concept of a cloud service. It's more yep. of a resource point. You have to create a resource and you have to create a job collection. Then you have to create a job. You have to set the HTTP property of that job. Then you have to set the the authentication because it basically uses base uh, ba uh, basic authentication between Kudu and the web job, or excuse mm -hmm. me, between scheduler and the web job. So you have to dial all this stuff in magically. I also work for the management library team, so we were able to snap all that stuff together. And this is a great example of how. Um, the Azure SDK team built all the management libraries. Um, actually, we didn't we didn't build them. We built a tool that uh, our partners use, like the scheduler guys. They wrote what we refer to as as code gen specifications. Those code gen specifications are then uh, compiled and generate the actual management library code. So <clears throat> the scheduler team wrote their specs. The Azure SDK team wrote the tool that processes those specs. The web jobs team built the web jobs service. The Visual Studio team then took all that stuff and put it together. So the Visual Studio product actually has MAML in it now. So rather than actually just you know reinvent the wheel and make all the API calls out to the Azure API, we make the API calls to MAML and then MAML sends those API calls out. So Visual Studio is actually making use of MAML to do all that glue together. And it's a great example of how we're dogfooding our own stuff in our own stuff. So that was pretty exciting. Um, okay, so now yeah. we have talked about uh, the basic web jobs, and now we talked about a bit about the scheduler to start the web jobs. Uh, Magnus, uh, uh, yeah, the next I part. I actually have a bit of an anecdote there. I, th I don't know if the tooling still works like that. We, we're going to come up to talk about tooling now, um, I suppose, and diagnostics and that sort of stuff. But the uh, the um, uh, wizard for creating a web job when you choose it to run on a schedule, of course, will create your scheduler uh, thing and and your and then de deploy your web job. 
But if you say you want to have it running on uh, a schedule and then you abort and just say, ah, I'll forget about it, I'll not deploy my web job now, what you actually end up with is, is a, a, a schedule or uh, set up in Azure, but there is no web job for it. Mm -hmm. That can, that, I haven't seen that happen. We, we've tested that out excruciatingly heavily. Okay. Um, I'll what, go back. I'll, I'll go back and prove you wrong. No, maybe maybe it's gone now. I don't know. But but once I I, I actually managed to do that using the tooling. So 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 what point. would what what would happen? Like, would you would the scheduler get created and the web job actually wouldn't get created? Yes, exactly. Because I okay. I, I, I went ahead and aborted the uh, the uh, web job uh, thing. I said, well, forget about it. I want the web job. And then I when I looked in the portal, I had the schedule there. Interesting. Yeah. Because the the only when the, the, the workflow is when you actually execute the publish command from within studio, that's the point where we actually go out and we do the schedule the schedule job creation and the web job creation. Well so, don't worry about it. Dude, this can be some from some old tooling or something. I, I it might be totally gone now. I'll I'll go back okay. and make sure. Oh, I, I'm, I, yeah, because if you found that when you were using the update four bits, then I definitely want to know your repro so we can figure that out. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, I'd um, love to see that. Yep, yep, yep. Let's see about it. Uh, anyway, um, so there's a there's a bunch of nice things that you get out of the box when you use web jobs. Things that you don't have to yep. build or maintain or or take care of yourself. The first one that pops out is of course the use of the portal to uh, to show your web jobs and your runs and your diagnostics and stuff. Can you tell yep. us a bit about that? Totally. Um, yes, I can tell you a little bit about that. Um, underneath the Azure portal, um, there is this thing specific to websites called Kudu. Uh, Kudu is definitely way beyond the scope of what we can talk about during during this conversation. But let's just say Kudu is like a set of extensions, uh, you know, on top of you know websites that make life a little bit easier for folks. Um, web jobs is one of those things. Okay, so if you were to deploy a web job, um, one of the things that you can do is you can go into the portal, you can go to the website that houses your web jobs, and you can click on the web jobs tab, and then you see like all the different web jobs that happen to be running inside of that website. To the far right in that grid, there are links, and when you click each one of those links, you will go to a dashboard where you can see kind of the history of your web jobs executions, if it's worked, if it didn't work, if it failed, yada, yada, yada. So that dashboard gives you like all the way down to the messages that land in the queues and the contents of those messages, we actually show you the JSON blob uh, that was dropped on the, uh, the uh, queue. So you can see everything that happens inside of that dashboard. Now, one of the things that we've added, I don't know if you saw this with the toys that I gave you, um, is that we're lighting up web jobs over in the server explorer now. So and update four, which comes out soon. I know you love it when Microsoft guys say soon, um, but very, very soon, like really, really, really soon. Um, when when the uh, when you look at the websites nodes and you expand them open, you'll see web jobs as well. And then underneath web jobs, we've kind of grouped them into two categories. One of those categories is continuous, and then the other one is scheduled and on demand because there's two different kind of ways that a web job can run. Um, you can right click an individual web job from the server explorer now, and there's going to be a gesture in there that's labeled view dashboard. When you click that, it will go right to the, uh, the uh, web job dashboard for that particular web job. And you can just drill down and see all the details of the, the execution. Now, if you're not logged into the portal, when you do that gesture, um, 
the first thing you're going to have to do is log in. And there's a bug in that redirection logic on the portal side. We still redirect you to the Azure Web Jobs portal uh, or the uh, dashboard, but we don't drop you onto the specific web job uh, that you clicked on. So that's just a bug that happens through the offflow. We have to be able to resolve that, that later on. Um, but if you're already logged in to the portal, whenever you right click a web job and say view dashboard, it's going to bounce you right to that dashboard and you can see it run. So that's kind of exciting. The other stuff that you have in that tooling is the ability to run or start um, an individual web job. So you could right click, go view dashboard, then right click again um, after the dashboard opens and select run now, and then alt tab back to your dashboard and a couple seconds later, it'll pop open that run. So you'll see the run that you just ran from studio directly inside the dashboard. So that's pretty cool. To, pretty cool. Yeah, that, that, that is pretty awesome. And then mm -hmm. of course the, uh, the tooling part uh, that I, that I was, uh, well, graciously allowed to show off at, at Cloudburst, as you mentioned before, uh, that, that you were not, you were not graciously allowed to show that off. Oh, you, were, you were, you were hand selected to be the first person to show it outside of my, so nice. me and, Pranav and I talked about it, and he was like, Magnus has this web jobs thing coming up, and I was like, we have to give this to him right now. And <laughs> we, we had to go through a little bit of red tape, but since you're a super MVP man, it wasn't do, too do, 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 do. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so nice. That's so nice of you, sir. Awesome. No well, problem. Still, okay. still uh, it was really fun to, to, to be able to show that, that demo. So basically what that does is the, the thing that you really want to be able to do, you want to be able to right-click inside of Visual Studio on your web job inside of the Server Explorer and say, attach the debugger you got it and that, that's awesome that was wonderful and we never thought we'd be able to get that in um we that we, we actually me so oh dude it was so huge what what we basically wanted to do was all the other right click gestures that i just kind of walked through if you stack all those up next to debugging they were all as hard as debugging on its own so we sort of made the decision. We were like, okay, let's just not do debugging. Let's do everything else, and maybe we'll come back around and we'll do debugging. And we sort of made the tough call, and I walked out of the meeting, and I went over to the dev's office to tell him about it, and he showed me debugging. <laughs> so it was actually kind of funny because he'd already done that one. That's so we said, okay, we've got debugging. Can we get the other ones done? So we actually ended up getting everything done we wanted to get done. So that was kind of cool. Because he, he was a dev, man. He was like, dude, I've already done debugging. That's the first one I did. Yeah, got to do that. Um, <laughs> okay, and, okay. And, I, and I do want to point out, we only have continuous debugging. We're not able to light up on-demand debugging or scheduled debugging. Uh, the, I, can, I can tell you why. Um, a lot of web jobs run really quickly. They take like maybe two seconds to run because it's just like data massaging or queue parsing or you know something jacked like that. Something really, really easy. So if you wanted to like attach a debugger to a on-demand job, you would effectively right-click, like just, just imagine the experience. You would right-click and you would say debug web job, not attach debugger because it's not running. So you would just say run now. You know, what's going to happen is it's going to go out, it's going to run that executable, the process is going to terminate before the debugger can attach to it because that, that, that attachment can take a couple of seconds, up to a minute maybe. Um, so we kind of figured out that 99% of the web jobs that people would want to debug in an on-demand capacity are going to exit their execution lifetime prior to the debugger being able to attach. So it's kind of a moot point. The only way that you'd be able to work around that would be to do something really hokey like put thread.sleep10,000 in your web job when you want to debug it it's kind of kind of dumb so we didn't want to light that up um, just because it's going to be kind of unpredictable and then the other one is obviously a scheduled uh, you know a scheduled web job you can't really 
debug a scheduled web job unless the developer knows when that schedule is going to run and he just happens to be sitting there right at the right time and he, he launches the debugger. Chances of that being realistically possible are zero. So we really only lit up the continuous debugging, um, but we kind of, like I said, when I talked to Dave and Ahmed about it, they were like, that's really the only thing that we perceive to be like a true, no offense to the on-demand guys, a true web job, because that's the one that's going to process queues. That's really the only time when you need debugging, because you could run the on-demand ones on your machine and make sure they work before you upload them. So it's that continuous bit that we really wanted to light up the debugging on. And that was really, really fun to get it going. Um, and Magnus, I'll give you a demo idea. You'll love this. So write a, write a WAP, create a WAP, and then add a, uh, add a scheduled web job to it, and then add a continuous web job to it. All right. Have the scheduled job drop a message into a queue and have the continuous job watch that queue. Then deploy your code. Okay. Then flip over to the server explorer, and and don't you love that I'm don't you love that I'm recording this now so that like the podcast will go out and then everybody will see your demo and go oh, Brady gave you that idea. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so so you 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 I deploy. will copy his part then. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you right click your continuous job. Actually, don't cut this. Let everybody else do this. Right click your continuous job. Uh, do attach debugger. Then once it attaches, right click your schedule job and say run now, and you'll see the continuous job light up. It's pretty cool. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, guys, I really want to to move a bit forward. We are talking about the tooling, and the tooling is, is very good. I see, for example, how you can create the web jobs and can publish the web jobs and so on. It's really nice. And we are talking about bare web jobs. Now we really need to talk about the web jobs SDK. Yes. So uh, I'm thinking there, there's basically just two more questions that I have for you today. And one is the, the if we can may maybe just walk through a simple sample, what would a developer do if he wants to use the SDK and Visual Studio to create, write, and, you know, deploy a web job? What's, you know, but, but, but first, what's the, what, what gives the web, uh, web job SDK above the bare web jobs? Oh. Okay, so like, what makes a web job running with the web jobs SDK better than a web yeah, job? What, what can we do with the web job SDK? Oh, okay. Right. Um, okay, what can we do with the web job SDK? Uh, a lot of good stuff. Um, okay, like I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I was talking about earlier, one of the major aspects of the web job SDK that make it really easy um and, and and that was one of the goals of the project i don't know magnus if you remember a year or two back when mike started this project his kind of goal was give asp.net developers an easy way to party on azure and use azure storage without having to learn the, you know the plumbing of azure storage so absolutely, absolutely. It, yeah. it, so, it really really takes away all the there's there's no well there is a reference to uh, actually to to the uh, azure storage sdk which actually Actually, have to have the code there, but you're not coding against the SDK at all. Exactly, for, for exactly, sure. exactly. But but what you the my favorite part about the SDK all the way through is going to be the attributes. Like I've always been a big fan of attributes, and, and I, I love seeing them used. Um, and and what Mike has been able to do with the attributes and what the web jobs team's been able to do with them is pretty fantastic. So we have attributes like Q trigger. You put Q trigger on. You put the Q trigger attribute on a method parameter of a public static uh, void returning method. Okay, um, <clears throat> and then maybe you have uh, that method parameter is like string message. So you've got Q 
queue trigger, and then the constructor of queue trigger takes the name of the queue, uh, and then you've got string message. What that tells your code is when that web job starts running, it is going to uh, create, if the queue doesn't already exist, that queue named with whatever you pass in that uh, queue trigger attribute. And then the job host is going to launch the executable and keep it running. <clears throat> Whenever you drop a message on the queue that that queue trigger is, you know, described to follow, that method is just going to wake up magically and it's going to take the message off the queue and run the code that you've got in that method. Now, let's say uh, you aren't passing it a string. Let's say you're passing it foo object and foo object has four properties. You can pass it that if you want to. So you, you don't have to just pass it primitive types. You can come up with your own POCOs and you can pass them around. What's nice about that I just determined this last week, um, is that there's this new thing in the dashboard that Pranav has been uh, rallying on, and it's, it's pretty exciting, and that's this concept of causality. So let's say that I've got a queue trigger um, on a POCO object so that whenever you know a message uh, lands in a queue, that thing is going to wake up and it's going to say, okay, I know that I'm watching QX, and QX is going to get foo objects, so I'm just going to deserialize this guy as a foo object and pass it in and then do my processing. Now, let's say I add a second parameter to that same method, and rather than decorate it with queue trigger, I decorate it with queue. And then maybe it's the same thing. So I've got Q, outgoing Q is my construction argument. And then the parameter is foo object, or it would be actually out foo object, you know, foo. What's going to happen is the Q trigger is going to fire the method. Whenever I drop a foo object onto the first Q, it's going to wake up, it's going to process that guy. And then I'm actually going to set my outgoing object, my, my out object, equal to whatever I've done to that object inside that method. Then it's going to take that guy, it's going to drop it into that next queue, and I might have another you know, method out there decorated with queue trigger watching that second queue, and that guy will wake up and process it. Where would you use that? Let's say you've got an online store. Somebody submits an order. You drop the order into a queue. The process wakes up. It says, hey, the has paid property of this order object is false. So I want to build a credit card. I'm going to build a credit card. Then I'm going to apply some property decoration back to that object. And I'm going to drop it into the order paid queue. Then that guy is going to wake up and he's going to say, okay, ship the products to the to the purchaser. So you can basically implement this workflow concept across like QA, QB, QC. What's really awesome is if you go to the dashboard on one of those methods, you can see that the first method ran where I queued up foo object and I processed it. And then I took it off that queue and I dropped it onto another queue. When you look in the dashboard, you'll see that first guy that ran, and underneath it, you will see the word children. So you can actually see how one operation causally affected the next operation, and you can see the pathway in the dashboard as to how that object traveled through all those individual queues as they passed it around from method to method. That oh. is silly hot. Feedback. That's very cool. <laughs> yes, yeah. very cool. Uh, yeah. uh, when we talk about queues, we talk about Azure storage queues, not the service bus. We can use either. You can oh. use either one. Um, um, the web job stuff until Magnus, which version? Uh, um, uh, I don't know. 
It's just a bunch of preview versions that come out really quickly, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, they were they they were coming up kind of rapidly. The first couple, let's say four, uh, the first four uh, releases of the preview WebJobs SDK um, did not have support in it for Service Bus. It only had support in it for for Azure Storage queues. Um, I guess like around four or five RC one, uh, they added support for Service Bus, so you can actually party on top of Service Bus guys, not two. So you can use storage or you can use Service Bus. Yeah, um, and you can also use Blob. So you can uh, and an another cool th factor there is that it's it's evolved uh, also lately. Uh, the uh, for, for the first thing that came in was to to get the message uh, DQ count into the method as a parameter. But now oh, yeah. there's also built-in really nice poison message handling, which I really love. Even including if there's a blob, for instance, that that, that doesn't contain the data that was supposed to uh, contain for blob trigger, and that actually has poison messaging handling now. Yeah. That pull, puts that over to a a, a blob, a failed blob queue, and and notifies your that that there is there is actually blob processing that failed or queue message processing that that was considered to be uh, uh, poisonous. Right. right. Yeah. You're, you're, now you're talking about a different trigger and different attribute. The blob attribute is this something else that the queue attribute? Yeah, it uh, is. It is. Uh, so I'll, yeah, something else entirely. It's it's so queues goes against queues or service bus. Uh, there's actually a service bus trigger for for uh, it's a different one, right? Uh, for for service bus, but for the blobs, it's it's uh, whenever you drop a blob into an Azure storage container, you can watch that container and get a call into your uh, method when whenever there's a new upload, for instance, right? Really good. And, and hey, let me ask you a question, Magnus. I've been on the tooling side of this whole thing, and I haven't had as much fun as I would like to have with the WebJobs <laughs> SDK. Like, I just haven't partied on the SDK as much as I'd like to because I've been, you know how we get up here. We get rattled into what, what we're doing. Um, could you describe for me, like, one thing that I've seen with the with, with the blob and blob trigger attributes um, as a for instance is that you can pass, like, open squiggle name, close squiggle, so yeah, that you can yeah. basically parameterize that yeah, like yeah, you could you describe to me what i can do with that like is, is, well, is that same faculty available for queues like like is is there a finite list of tokens that i can provide there or can i just go hog wild <laughs> i don't know if there's a finite list for it but it's very handy to be able to get the file name and the uh, extension of the file name for instance you can parameterize those that's very handy some somebody uploads a file into your storage account uh, via, for instance, your web app or something, provide an upload function. And uh, whenever a new blob lands in there, uh, you, you have that parameterized into your, your code, and that means that you can then have, you have your blob name, and you get the blob in as you can choose. You can get it as a stream, as a string, as a text reader, or whatever you want to have it as, as your in, input parameter type. And uh, then, then the next parameters that follows this blob declaration can have the um, it can just be a string name string extension for instance and you have your squigglies inside of your in your blob uh, definition and the attribute there so you get the file name and the extension that's really handy oh, awesome you should do a blog post that just kind of walks through all those different tokens and how they could be oh. implemented I think that'd be pretty cool so, so summarize the WebJobs SDK is that you can use queues and you can use blobs to uh, to uh, to start and uh, process uh, web. Well, sure, uh, but there's also there's also the fact that you can run uh, asynchronous coding inside of that, and it's very mm -hmm. useful. You can get the cancellation token in there as well as a parameter. Mm -hmm. You can also do logging, and that's a text writer, I believe. You you yeah. 
you add a, a method a method parameter called text writer uh, of type text writer called log, and that actually becomes a log output which you, which is also written into the dashboard uh, into the diagnostics data. So there's a bun bunch of really nice features like that that you can just go ahead and party on. Yeah, there's there, there's a lot of stuff in web jobs that felt to me it, it was just another area of evidence that I'm seeing in our SDKs where we're kind of making assumptions that people will grok some of the conventions. And yeah. I like that because, I mean, I'm I'm an opinionated guy and I like opinionated <laughs> APIs. So um, I, I, it's been exciting to see web jobs evolve because I, I really think it's one of those those big rocks in Azure now. Like, um, yeah. it's just fantastic. So. It is. It is. What what I think that you need for I mean, not everybody has been on the uh, on the you know advisory board for this product since they basically almost day one, uh, but but for you know anybody who just picks up web jobs today and and wants to write one is a complete list of which magical parameters exist and what do they yeah. do. That yeah. that would be good to have. <laughs> yeah, that would be good to have. I'd, yeah. I'd love to have that. One one other thing you can do in the SDK. There's this concept of, uh, like one of the other things that's in the SDK is the is is the job host object, which is what keeps that executable running inside the web jobs host. Mm -hmm. And there's a parameter that you can feed into that at construction time called the job host configuration object. And the job host configuration object is really useful when you want to do something like uh, I think like the default. Uh, uh, queue thing is like a minute. So if you know you're going to have really fast processing coming in, uh, you, you know one, you know a one minute peak is not, you know, not optimal, or a thirty second peak is not optimal. You might want to have a one second or a two second peak. So you can use the job host configuration object to set uh, properties like that, so that you can like speed up how quickly you're going to start watching those queues. Um, yep. That's something you should use for your demos, Magnus. Um, I've I've been stuffing that into mine now because if you want to show debugging and you're watching a queue, you might stand there on stage for a minute or two <laughs> if you haven't specified that. Brady, special. Brady, Brady. I'm so happy that I did that during my demos. So that I had. <laughs> so so so, so guys, uh, the queues is a is it a pooling mechanism? To, to, to get uh, messages from the queue into web jobs, or is it a pushing mechanism? There's a polling mechanism inside the whole web jobs, you know, fabric up in up in Azure. Um, the, it, it watches the queue yourself. That's one of the things when I was doing MSMQ programming and RabbitMQ programming, you'd have to write code that would do that yourself. You don't have to do that for web jobs. So you don't have to poll. It just polls for you. But do you mean that it pulls once a minute if you have the default configuration? I can't remember if it's once a minute or 30 seconds. Magnus, no, do you remember which one it is? I think actually it is 30 seconds. Okay. 30 seconds, okay. okay. Mm -hmm. And you can change that to, to of course, a smaller? Yes, yeah. you can. Yeah. And, and you would typically want to change that when you're doing demos live on stage. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> anyway. The, the web so, job SDK. Okay, Magnus, go yeah. on. So I have um, I actually have something that I want to get into the uh, recording. I have a, a, a customer who's using this right now for actually production stuff already. Uh, they're they're copying blobs uh, around the world, uh, basically uh, providing mirror sites for downloads, cool. and um, and then that's a really handy thing to do with a web job. It takes about you know six seven lines of code and you, and you're you're done. That's it. And uh, when my code, uh, when my customer uh, wrote that code, we actually sat down and did it together because I wanted to teach him web jobs in the process. And uh, when we were done, he just looked at it and, and he was just like, "Well, is this it?" And I was like, "Yep, this is it." 
And he's like, well, if it's if you're going to make it any simpler now, you know, this this thing was called the simple batch, of course, before, right? And if you want to make this even simpler, you'd have to think the lines of code and have them execute, not write Funny. them at all. And it yeah, is, yeah. it is, because it's it really is stupefyingly simple to to do a really powerful thing with a few lines of code and just get it out there as a web job, and it just solves the whole business problem for you. It, it totally does, and quite frankly, that was one of the reasons I, I think it took a little bit of time for it to catch on. I remember uh, Hunter pinged me and Nathan back when we were in DPE. This was really early in the simple simple batch lo- uh, world. Um, he pinged us, and he said, hey, Mike has this cool thing. I want you guys to take a look at it and see if you think it's viable from a community perspective. And we looked at it, and I remember walking out of the meeting with Nathan, and I was like, I don't even understand how they intend on getting that to work. Like, like that seems way too easy. And like, it makes so many assumptions about how storage works. Like, I, I just don't know. You know what I mean? And a little while later we, we saw it and we were like, Oh my God, this is like the second coming. We were like so impressed because they took so much of the work out of the equation. Like you don't have to watch the queue. You just drop the message in the queue and it parties. So you don't have to worry about how to get a message in or how to get a blob into blob storage. You just call the method. I mean, it's crazy simple. It is. Um, it is. So I, I would agree with that. The one thing I'd like to see is something on the ASP.NET side for like, you still have to learn the storage code to drop a message into a queue from within your MVC controller. I think it would be really cool if the web jobs SDK had something that was like, Q message, you know, yeah. and, and you don't have to Absolutely. worry about the other stuff. Yes. Um, I don't know. What are your from thoughts my, on that? Should we do from, something like that? I mean, yes, yes. That's on my, that's on my uh, to-do list or the, the, my wish, my wish list. Uh, uh, guys, for a newbie in this, uh, let, let, let me go back to, to some of the, the <laughs> more easier questions. Uh, <laughs> The, the bare web jobs, you can use PHP and so on. But with the web job SDK, you need to be working in .NET. I'm right? Correct. Mm, yeah. Will we have anything for PHP and Python and so on? I don't know. I'd have to check in with Pranav. Um, I don't know what the what that what that would look like. Um, I, I just have to ask with Pranav and the rest of the team to find out what their plans are for that. But I can see where, given that we... When we do put these SDKs out, we do try to cover as much landscape as possible. Um, if they, if their SDK was using the tooling that my team does, we would have it already, but they're not. So, um, and that's not to say that they should. It's a, it's like apples and chickens in terms of the contrast. Um, but uh, I could check in with Pranav and find out if that's going to be available. Um, if it is, I don't know what the ETA would be. Um, but right. that, that, I mean, how would you do? Let's say Node. Like, like Node doesn't really have the concept of attributes, right? So, how would you? How would you decorate methods in Node to be able to? Well, you will find it out. You 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 have some concepts so you can do almost the same thing. I think, and you, of course, you don't have attributes, but you can have that something else. So you have you have that kind of library in in Node would be really great. That, that would be that would be. I'll, I'll I'll check with Pranav and find out what the plans are for that. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's impossible. So. Cool. So uh, we've been going for a while, and uh, I actually have um, still have my two questions. Maybe we can do like, can we just spend a couple of minutes, just a few, to to go end to end? What would the developer do to write a simple web job and deploy it using the uh, studio? Do they do they have an Azure account already? Yeah, let's let's go with that. They have an Azure account already. Okay. All you would do. Uh, this is this is like like. I mean, I, th- I think we've actually made the coding almost as simple as the SDK. Um, you would literally do file new project web, 
then you would right click your web project and say add new uh, web job application or something. I can't remember exactly what the string is. Um, we iterated on that quite a few times, but you would literally go to the add menu uh, from the uh, from the context menu level of the web project itself. You would go to add, and then you would say add new Azure web job project or something like that. That's going to pop open the uh, the dialog. You're going to specify if you want continuous, on demand, or scheduled. You're going to give it a name. If it's scheduled, you're going to set up your schedule using the scheduling uh, controls, uh, and you hit OK. It's going to drop in a new uh, web job project for you which is little more than a console project with some NuGet references. Uh, and it's going to do some stuff in your web application project so that it glues them together. Then you would right-click your web application project, select Publish, specify Azure Websites, uh, create your new website if you don't already have one, and click the Publish button, and you're done. That's it. That so at that, that point, at that point, you would get an Azure website backed by an Azure web job. Yep. That's that's literally all you have to do. If you don't want to do it through Studio for some reason, or you don't have the newest update, you would go to the portal and go to the web job tab and of, of your website after you do a publish, and you click upload, and then you have to upload a zip file or a batch file or whatever you want. In, so, in Azure websites, you have the possibility to have uh, several develop, uh, deployment slots. Will the web jobs be also part of the de uh, deployment slots, or will they be more centralized? Absolutely. That was that was actually a late-breaking bug we found uh, in the update three timeframe. Uh, we, for whatever reason, we had not tested against a slotted site, and the first time we did it broke. So we had to kind of very quickly spin with the teams and figure out what was wrong. And we figured it out. But um, but but yeah, um, it, you could you could deploy uh, your app to either one of your slots, and you know it, your site will be there with your web jobs. So. Cool. Yeah. So the final, I suppose, if if you don't have any other additional questions, Doug, is uh... I have a couple, but oh, you uh, have a couple. Could cool. I take them first, or yeah, and you take the last question? Yeah, uh, sure. Go ahead. One thing, uh, Brady, that I was thinking about: should you have a separate Azure website for your web jobs, or should you have them in the same Azure website as your web app? That that's an excellent question. Um, we don't care. Um, we don't care either way. It really what do you on... think? What do you think? Um, I don't really have a strong opinion about it, but let me tell you where I would where I would make my decision. Okay, um, if I had a website that was running one web job and I had a website, I would just put that web job into my website. Um, when I showed web jobs in New York City, the recent web camps, I had one gentleman come up to me and he says, we have moved everything to Azure and uh, we have three environments in Azure and each environment has four servers. And I said, what's the fourth server? <laughs> He said it's our it's basically our web job server. He said each each four server in each environment literally has fifty different processes on it that we run on schedules. Um, just using win at or run at commands. And I was like, that's when you'd want to use a website for all of your web jobs. So if you have like 50 might be a little bit much, you know what I mean? But um, if you have a lot of processes that you need to run nightly or daily or hourly or whatever on trigger, I would say just put all of them into one big, big fat website that didn't really have any HTML in it. So you'd have them all running out there. Now, there's no real reason why you'd want to do one or the other. I mean, you're going to pay for the compute no matter what you do. So, you know, you're going to pay for compute, period. Um, so if you've got 50 web web jobs running inside of a website, that's going to generate a little bit more compute than somebody browsing an HTML page. You know what I mean? If you have them all running in a standard server, 
it's a flat fee. You're done. So it's not going to be a problem. Um, but uh, I mean, it, it really just depends on the amount of processing you've got going on because they do run in their separate process. So they're not going to affect the performance of your site. So I don't know. It's really just a preferential thing. Now, one of the other features that we have in the tooling, I know you don't want to talk about tooling anymore, but um, one of the other features that we have in tooling is you can actually do file, new project, uh, console application, then you can right-click your console application and say publish console application as Azure Web Job. And you're, you're, you will create a new website and just publish up a console app. Done. <laughs> so you could actually go that route too. So. And the question, um, almost in the same um, area, is how about when you have uh, auto scaling uh, on your website and you have web jobs and you have several uh, web servers that are uh, running your app and your web jobs, how do they work together? How do they work together? Um, well, that's, a, that's, that's sort of an odd story. Now, that's one case where I might go... Uh, if I want, if I have a, a site running on three instances that's dropping messages into queues, um, just because I'm kind of a control freak, I might actually have a second site in which I had my web job, just processing all that data. Now, if you have a website and you've got a web job in that website and you then fan that out and you have five instances now, now you have five instances of your site and five instances of your web job running. If you have five instances of your web job executable, watch one queue, you never know which one of those instances is going to get the message. So it doesn't really matter. I mean, it, it you know, you're just going to have a lot more processing power at that point. So uh, you'd have five instances watching the queue rather than one instance watching the queue. Um, I don't know of any race conditions where, you know, job A or instance A starts to process it and job B tries to pull the message off. Um, I know that the web jobs team has done a pretty good job of making sure we don't have problems like that. So um, you don't you don't have problems like that because of yeah. the, the feature of the Azure storage queues right, right they don't they don't work like that so right, it's, right. it's it's safe yeah it's safe yeah um, but but that's a particular situation where like if I know that I have a really high throttle site um, I might actually go ahead and set up a secondary website that just runs my web jobs now that is not a recommendation folks please don't take that as a recommendation that's just I'm obsessive compulsive and I would like to do it that way <laughs> so. and, the, and the question regarding this is how big could the web jobs be how 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 process intensive could it be? How is it any thing, but that uh, is not good as a web job? Uh, wow. I mean, I can't really think of anything. I mean, I can imagine Alan's crazy demo where he fans out over two hundred fifty-six worker role instances and does ray tracing. I don't know if that would be a good place for using web jobs. Like, I just don't know if that would be. I, I don't know if they're designed for that. The way I kind of perceive them is they are designed to make life easier when you're doing the whole asynchronous message-based processing um, or you have a slow process that is going to take longer than you'd want an HTTP request to last. You know, um, I don't know. What what have you seen, Magnus? Have you seen humongoloid web jobs out there running? Could, could, could you imagine Alan's ray tracing demo rebuilt as a web job? No, no, I couldn't. Uh, I think that's that's. I agree with what you stated before when you said uh, most web jobs run in about two seconds or something like that. It's it's just a small thing that happens, and uh, the the only reason that you would pull it out as a web job is probably because those two seconds would feel sluggish uh, from the website perspective, from the end right. user posting something to a site. If that happens synchronously, it would have to he would have to wait around for two seconds. Right, much, right, right. It's much much cooler to just pull those two seconds out and and run them in, in the 
background as a web job. Exactly. But something that runs with high CPU over a long period of time is probably not a good match for a web job. That's right. that's right. That's so probably that's when you – Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of my part and parcel answer too. I think that that's when you'd want to start evaluating things like worker roles or IAs. Um, that said, I know that one of the big order bits for the web jobs team for the next year is to really concentrate on the scale out story because they're seeing a lot of people move some of their stuff to web jobs. Now, that's not to say that there's a preference there. It's really about, you know, pick your poison, you know, based on your based on your situation. But um, I know that scale out is one of the areas that they've really started to beef up their resourcing on. Um, so you may see some evolution in that area, but I am not on that team, so I couldn't really speak intelligently about it. That's when you'd want to talk to Pranav and Mike. Yeah. Thank so, you. And now, Magnus, yeah, you have the... Question. Well, the final comment to, to that story is that I actually added uh, to the uh, internal alias for, for a simple batch, and I said that, guys, when I, what I would like to see is I want to see the diagnostics for my web jobs that ran, and I want to see my stats from my server on the same time, like how much RAM and how much CPU did the, the processing actually consume. And, and I, I don't know that we're going to get there anytime soon, but that would be a good correlation for me to have as a as a, a DevOps guy who's supposed to manage how they yeah. run in, in real life. So, so so those diagnostics are currently not married up, right? They're, right. they're kind of across the board. Exactly. Um, would you – this is kind of back to a question that I asked on the MVP alias the other day. Um, let's say you had ETW code in your web jobs. If yep. – if you were doing ETW trace logs in your web jobs and websites supported ETW on that side, do you think that yep. that would be a legitimate solution? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Okay. Anyway, last question then. When does the uh, web jobs actually go general availability since it's a preview today? Since it's a preview today. Well, let's just say that it was a preview yesterday, and I'll let you do the honors, Magnus. Announcing general availability of web jobs. As of wow. today. Got as, of, it. as of today. Uh, yes. Thank you very much, uh, Brady and Magnus, to, to show, uh, to let us hear your love for web jobs. The uh, continuous love with the web jobs. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye. You guys, you guys take care. Right. See you, man. Cool, man. Take care. Bye.